Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Um, this week, our pastors, Pastor Travis and Pastor Amy, are away with their family, getting some relaxing in, doing some camping, hopefully out on the lake and enjoying themselves. So uh, today we have Carlisle bringing us a message. So uh, let's welcome him up. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Just got up, set up here first. Well, good morning. Good morning, online service or online campus, maybe. Um, so yeah, you heard Pastor Travis and Amy are gone. Uh, this is a time we should be praying for them and just lifting up our pastors in prayer that they have rest in this, in this time on their vacation. And, and they just finished a great series, Wisdom. And it, you, if you missed it, go download our app. It's on there. It is great. And we get to start a new series. I get to start a new series today. It is called Move. Well, not Move, but that's the theme behind this. So let's just pray to open it up. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you're doing in this house, God. We, we lift up our pastors to you, Pastor Trav and Amy. God, we just ask that you just be with them right now on their vacation, God, with their children, God, that they would find rest, Lord. We thank you for for all that they do in this house, Lord. And we just ask that your blessing be on them, God. We just ask that you bless this word today, God, in your name. Amen. So today, I, uh, I titled this message, The Vending Machine. That's a weird, I know maybe a weird title, but then I was thinking, what do I go for if I'm in the vending machine, or going for, to the vending machine? And I'm a chocolate guy. Um, my right and left uh, um, uh, love handle would say that, that I love this, the sweets. And, and I'm not really a salt person, but my lovely wife, Jana, loves salt. Uh, she's Dutch. Is there any other Dutch? I think Big Bertha here. He's that six, seven giant there. Steven, I've called him that since he was 15 years old, so I think he, it's okay. Um, but so the Dutch, they like a little things differently, and it's <laughs> uh, black licorice with salt in it. I don't know if anyone's tried it, but they're called DZs. There's double DZs or triple salt DZs. And I can remember when we were dating, we started dating when um, she was 16, I was 17, and she gave me one of them. And I was like, they just spit it out at me. And I'm like, what is this? This is a sin, Jana, what you're putting into your mouth. And you need to be delivered. So uh, it's something that we've been dealing with us in our marriage is this. And she has her relapses still, but we're, we're working through that. So. Uh, so, and then I think of what uh, sugar can do to a person, if the sweets and that, and I think of, I don't know if some of you might even remember it, uh, Ed at Bible camp on five Mountain Dews in a row. It's, it's pretty crazy what five Mountain Dews can do to Ed. It's, it's quite, <laughs> it's quite, it's not good. So this message I prepared today was from uh, when we're at, actually, Ed and Danielle's visiting them, and before we left, we prayed, and we're, we're just praying about the church and all that, and I kept on getting this picture of a vending machine. And there was people at this vending machine, and they're just looking in, and they're saying, it looks good, it tastes good, you want more. So much to choose from, and you get to pick whatever you want, and you, can, you don't have to wait, you can have it right now. But then I seen this warning, it said, it's not sustainable, there's no nutrition, it causes heart disease, and it's a counterfeit. And there's a cost. You know, sometimes we put money in and nothing comes out and you're like, oh, and or it gets stuck right at the end. It's almost going to fall out, but it gets stuck. But 
It's keeping our eyes off of Christ and putting it on yourself or someone else. So it was a picture of causing division with friends and family and, and even in churches and causing disunity away from God or, uh, and, and people chasing the shiny new things out there and, and taking people away from God and making them look away and distracting them from the, the mission that God's calling them to do and distracting them from sharing Jesus. So I couldn't stop getting this image out of my head of this vending machine. Why are we going to this vending machine? Because it's quick, it's easy. We want gratification for our needs right now, and we can go anytime. So the thing about the vending machine is that we're in control. We pick and choose. God's saying, you have full access to me at any time. So I started asking the question to myself, and even you guys can think of this question. So what, what's the vending machine to me? Like, what, what struggles or what, are, what am I looking at more than God? And what's the vending machine that you're going to? Is it gambling, drugs, greed, being a workaholic, pride, self-gratification, regret or shame, religion? You fill it in. Or are we making God into a vending machine? Sometimes we spend all our time just seeking what God will give us and nothing in seeking on God himself. And we're picking and choosing what we want to hear, what suits our life right now. The word for Generations Church this year is move. And that's been a word over my life, is to keep moving. And don't stop. Even, even if it's small steps, is to keep moving. So some people might think uh, going to the vending machine, it, it, you, get, you get your sweet, you get your sugar rush, and it helps you move quicker. But God's saying going to the vending machine, it's not sustainable. This is your gratification. It's not going to make you happy in your life or give you life. This is a counterfeit of what I have for you. So today I have five words that uh, will help you to make the decision to turn away from the vending machine and to move towards God. So our theme again is moving. So first word is pause. We'll have it up there. You think pause. That doesn't sound like moving, Carlisle. Well, it's, it is. It is. What it sounds like. Uh, it doesn't sound exciting, moving. So pause as a definition is a temporary stop in an action or speech. So I was reading Proverbs this week, and Proverbs is a book of wise living. Uh, it often focuses on a person's response and attitude towards God, who is the source of wisdom. And Proverbs 19.2 says, we'll put it on the back for you there, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. So we can have all the enthusiasm, but if you don't have no knowledge, it's no good. Haste makes mistakes. So haste is excessive speed or urgency of movement or action to hurry. You said the word in the church is to move. Yes, I did. But avoid fast decisions. We often uh, have access to everything at our fingertips. Uh, it's so easy to do that. We can just get it right now. And the threat that if we don't go to the vending machine, that we won't, it won't be there long, that we'll miss out. We make mistakes and fast decisions. We often move hastily through life, rushing and heading into the unknown. Some people marry without really getting to know the person. Um, I've seen them go both ways, where Jana's parents from dating to marriage was six months, and they just celebrated their 50th anniversary last, year, or last week, or month, sorry. And you can also say that, you know, Jana had all the time in the world to date me, because it was almost seven years that we dated, and so she knew what she was getting into. 
But if you ask Jana, she would, she would have said that she knew me from, uh, that I was the one when she first met me. When she see me in my 501 jeans and my blue jean jacket, with the wind gently touching the brim of my hat, she knew. She knew. This is why I, we dated so long, because I was Jana's eye candy. Yeah, in her vending machine. So she had to take that to the Lord. Yeah, once again. Others make fast decisions, drinking or, or trying drugs without considering the consequences. I'm, I'm talking with people all the time that are, they're, they said they're going out partying and then all of a sudden they're like, let's do drugs and doing cocaine. I'm, last week, you're not going to make the right decisions. Some plunge into jobs without evalu evaluating whether or not they're suitable for the line of work. Now, I've made this mistake. I accepted a job at Roger's Video, and Danita was also working there. So kids, Roger's Video is a place where you rent movies. You, it's a VHS that you would go and get it, and you return it if you're, you get late fees, if you don't. Um, but I accepted this job because I really needed work, and, but, so I accepted, and then the same day, I got offered another job, and the job was like eight or $10 more. But I said no, because I wanted to be a man of my word and say, I've already accepted this. And Jana's like, what are you doing? They'll understand. But I said, no, that's it. I'm going to do this because I want to be a man of my word. But the job was more suitable for me, and I needed the money, to be honest. So what was I thinking? I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. I should have listened to her wisdom. Enthusiasm is no good without knowledge, and it will not make a bad situation better. So don't rush into the unknown. Be sure to understand what you're getting into or where you want to go before you take that first step. Obviously, we can't tell what the future can hold, but we have to do our work and ask the right questions and be sure that we're following what God's asking us. So to pause can help you move forward in making those decisions. So I came across this week while I was preparing this, this little um, reading here. I'm going to read what it said. When you see a group of sheep being driven from behind, that's the butcher taking them to slaughter. When you see a group of sheep with someone leading them from the front, that's the shepherd leading them to pasture. So just what is it that's driving you to make these decisions now, urging you just to act, to don't take time, to think, to look at the consequences, to consider the end of the matter? Does, this, does he have the best interest in mind? I doubt it. The one who has the best interest in mind is the shepherd. Oh, by the way, he's known as the good shepherd. Learn to follow him, for he desires to lead you, not to drive you. He'll teach you and show you knowledge that will lead your footsteps not to err. His direction leads you to the path of righteousness, to the, to the desired end, to a place where you won't hear real dumb. When Jesus leads you, you will hear well done. So what's driving you? What's pushing you to, uh, in your decisions? To, it won't bring you life. Like, if you keep going to that vending machine. God's saying, I'm the good shepherd and I will lead you. The next word I have, number two here, is read. So we need to read the word. I'm going to jump into Psalms. I have a couple of verses in a row here. Psalms 119 and 105. I know a lot of you know it. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And then we're going to read Joshua 1.8. Keep the book of the law always on my lips. Meditate it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Get God's take. So often we read all kinds of books, but we're not reading right from the source, from the word. We're looking through other people's lenses. 
And God's saying, I want, I want to t- talk to you now. God's works, word makes us wiser than the wise, than our, wiser than our enemies, wiser than our teachers that ignore it. True wisdom comes beyond amassing knowledge. It's applying knowledge in a changing way. Intelligent or experienced people are not necessarily wise. Wisdom comes from following God's teaching to guide us. To walk safely in the woods at night, we need to light a light so we won't trip over the roots or the, the holes in the ground. In this life, we walk through a dark forest of evil. But the Bible can be our light to show us the way ahead so we won't stumble when we walk. It reveals the entangling roots and the false values of philosophies. Study the Bible so that you will be able to see way clear enough to stay on the right path. The more time we spend reading the Bible, the stronger our identity in Christ becomes. We are able to love and forgive others, and the closer we grow in Christ, the more we desire to read his word. Connecting with God is one of the, it, it will change our life. So the next word I have is ask. Sometimes we just don't want to ask. We Maybe it shows weakness. Men, we, we do that. We, it, it might be a pride thing. We just don't want to ask. So we're going to read Proverbs 15:22. Plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So people with tunnel vision, those who are locked in one-way thinking, are likely to miss the, the right road because they're, they're closed-minded on all the other options that are there. So we need to help those to enlarge their vision and broaden their uh, experiences. Build a network of advisors. Then be open to ideas and be willing to weigh the suggestions, what they're, you know, what they're telling you. And, and your plans will be stronger and more likely to succeed. So ask God. Ask your pastors. Um, I have a mentor in my life that will ask. I have close friends that will ask, but I just won't ask anyone. I just don't ask for anyone's opinion because there's a lot of advice out there. And asking people on the internet, what should you do? You can't trust that. You need to ask people that you're in relationship with. Men, if, if you want to know an answer, you can ask your wife. She'll tell you. And your kids, it's brutally honest. I've, I've asked my kids, how am I doing as, as, as a father? Have I wronged you? And to my wife, I've, we went for uh, a little love retreat. This, we called it the love retreat, uh, where we, we prayed about our marriage and we, the things that we talked about, everything that's, that um, issues that we might need to discuss. And you ask your wife, she'll tell you. The next word is yield. Give way to arguments, demands, or pressures to just give in. So maybe things I might uh, give into in pressure. Um, if someone's giving me, a, like daring me to do something competitively, I'm probably going to give in a little bit with that. Um, my back and knees might not want that, but I usually would give in to something like that. But there's things that I have not given into pressure with where I felt God's spirit on me. And there was a time when I was training, uh, basic uh, training in the military. Um, we were traveling uh, to another um, base, and we stopped along the way on to this one base. And it was our master corporal's birthday, and they opened up the, uh, the bar for shots and drinks, and everyone was getting their drinks. So he's like, everyone get a shot and, or a drink. So I went up, and I'm like, hey, can I have a Coke? And everyone's like, just went silent. The guy's like, you're not going to drink a Coke on my birthday. I said, well, I really want a Coke. That's kind of what I want. I don't have a problem with people drinking. I just want a Coke. And he, he said, are you Mormon? I said, no, I'm a Christian. And then he said, 
by the end of this training, you're going to drink and you're going to do inappropriate activities. That's the best way I could say what he said to me. I said, okay. And he said, I said, I will raise my glass to you, but I will not drink it. He said, on the count of three, you will drink it. And this is just me and him at the bar. And there's 40 some guys of the, the platoon there. And so he said, one, two, three. So I raised it, put it down in front of him and turned away. And I remember God, feeling God strengthen up because I, I just, it wasn't something I did. And I was already in relationship with a lot of guys in the, in the, the platoon and they knew where I, where I was walking with the Lord. And I actually got a lot of respect out of this. And, but God met me in that pressure. I felt God so strong in that pressure. And I had some of the officers after apologizing because they said, I've never witnessed that much intensity and pressure on someone to drink. And God will meet you there when you're in those kind of pressures. We're going to read Luke 22, uh, verse 39 to 42. Uh, this is when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Jesus is agonizing in the garden before he's uh, going to be crucified. And we're going to read from 39. Then, accompanied uh, yeah, by his disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went to his usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not or you will not give in to temptation he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed father if it, if you are willing please take this cup of suffering away from me yet i want yet i want your will to be done not mine so was jesus trying to get out of his mission no it's never wrong to express your feelings to god he can he can handle it Jesus exposed his dread of his uh, coming trials, but also reaffirmed his commitment to what God wanted him to do. So the cup he spoke of was uh, the terrible agony that he knew that he would endure. And not only the horror of the crucifixion, but even worse was the total separation of God. And that he would have the, to experience in order to die for our sins. So we can't give in to all the temptations that come at us. It brings separation between you and God. And we're going to read 1 John 2, verse, or chapter 2, verse 15 to 16. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that who is in the world, the lust of flesh and the lust of his eyes, the boastful pride of his life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. Some people are, uh, think that worldly, uh, worldliness is limited to our external behavior or people that we associate with or places we go or activities we enjoy. Worldliness is not also, uh, also internal because it begins in the heart and is uh, characterized by these three attitudes. So we have, number one, craving the physical pleasures of preoccupation with gratifying physical desires. So two, craving... Uh, for everything to seek, so coveting, accumulating things, bowing to the God of materialism. Or three, uh, a pride, achievement, and possessions, obsessions with one's status or importance. When uh, sir, uh, the serpent tempted Eve in the garden in, in uh, Genesis 3.6, he tempted her in these ways. Also when Dev uh, the devil uh, tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he tempted uh, and then him in this, these ways of attack in Matthew 4, 1 to 11. By, but by this contrast, God's values self-control, a spirit of generosity, and a commitment to humblest service. It is impossible to give 
the impression of avoiding worldly pleasures while still harboring worldly attitudes in one's heart. So it is possible, like Jesus, to love sinners and spend time while maintaining a commitment to the values of God's kingdom. So what values are most important to you? Do your actions reflect what the world's values are or what God's values? Is your Instagram, what's that look like? Is it showing God's or is it showing the world's? We want it so bad sometimes to line up with our will. And this is what God wants for us. There's a big difference between yielding to the world and yielding to God. It's submitting and saying, yet I want your will to be done, not mine, God. Our will needs to yield to God, God's will. God's direction is always the best direction. And the last word is pray. And I'm going to read from 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, uh, 17. Never stop praying. That's it. Never stop praying. Have you ever grown tired or praying for something or someone? Paul said that believers should never stop praying. A Christian's persistence is an expression of faith that God's answering prayer, or God answers prayer. Faith shouldn't die if the answer comes slowly, for the delay may, uh, may be God's way of working his will. That's why we stop praying, because it's not coming quickly. That's why we run to the vending machine and saying, God, I couldn't wait, so I got it. So now you can bless me. And God's like saying, no. I wanted to show you something in that. I had something better for you. And maybe God wanted someone else to be part of it. It's not all about you. You've heard that in our church. So the whole body can be blessed. Jan and I have been praying things for, uh, for, for years. Some of them come to pass, some have not. I trust God. We just, we just need to do our part. And I actually can't wait until Jan and I can share our testimonies of the crazy answers of prayer. It's, it's absolutely amazing, and I ho hopefully it's coming soon. When you feel tired of praying, know that God is pre present, always listening, always answering in a way that he knows our best. So, when I think of all these, these four words, so pause, read, ask, and yield. So when you pause, you pray. When you read God's word, you pray. When you ask God, you pray, you pray to him. When you yield to what he's asking, you pray. So what's God going to get? The this is what uh, is going to get the church to move when we pray. When we come together in pre-service prayer, we come together, things are going to move in this church. I've seen it in my personal life. I've been waking up over three and a half years, it's over that now, at five in the morning, nonstop. I have not missed. And Jana, it's almost getting close to a year for Jana being that perm. Things have changed in our marriage, in our life, the people around me, it works. It's not, it's not to brag that I'm getting up every morning. It's, I, if, you, if you don't make that appointment, you're going to miss it. And I, I want to make that appointment. So how you start your day sets your day. God is not a vending machine. God's saying, I'm here right now. You don't need to go through all the different sources to find me. You don't have to pay to know me. I've sent my son, Jesus, already on the cross. He's paid the price. So we go to other people to tell us who God is. Do you know who God is? Maybe it's better if you let God tell you who he is through the word, by talking with him, spending time with him, and base your picture of him on who he says he is, not what the world says he is, and who you are. So many of you are, 
uh, of us are carrying extra weight and baggage and that you don't need to carry. Uh, we're going to read Hebrews uh, 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a such huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run the endurance that, uh, re- with the endurance through the race God has set before us. We don't have to struggle alone. We are not the first to struggle with our situations or problems. Others have run this race and won in this church. There's other people that went through the same thing you have been through. That's why we share our testimonies, to build our faith in the church. Psalms 42, uh, verse 7. Deep calls to deep, the roar of the waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Have you ever felt circumstances nipping at your feet, threatening to tug you into the ocean of despair? You lose your job, you receive alarming health report, or you suffer a loss of loved one. And no matter how hard you try, you kick your way out to the surface of hope. An undertow of fear leaves you thrashing about, trying to keep your head above water. In moments when All your physical strength is exhausted. exhausted. There's a place within every believer where deep calls to deep. So what does deep call to deep mean? It means the place where our deep needs needs meets God's all-sufficient present. Whatever you're going through, your uh, need of physical healing, your marriage, anxiety, depression, financial, whatever you've been through. I've been through a lot of these things. There was a time where I've, I would rather have felt physical pain than emotional pain. We can't do it alone. God's calling us to go deeper, to be deeper. Maybe God has been asking you to step out. Can we push past that vending machine that trips us up? I'm going to ask, the, as we're closing here, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And we're going to read Luke 5, verse 4. And Jesus was preaching on the shore. This is when Jesus was preaching on the shore of Galilee. Jesus provides a miraculous uh, catch of fish. And in verse 4 it says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper, and let, your, let down your nets to catch some fish. So go deeper. God's telling you to move and cast your net into the deep. God wants to give you a blessing in the deep. God's asking, what area in your life that you need to go deeper? God's saying, you need to be submersed. You can't compare what God's asking to, to do to you, anybody else, to you, to anybody else. So if you are saved and you know God, you ask him into your heart. God says you're saved. God says, if you put your faith in me, now you, this has affected your eternity. Now, can we move on from the beginning and begin working on your history? Our, our eternity is secure, but now we got to work on our history. And what's that going to look like? What are we leaving? What's our legacy going to look like? What's our, our children going to say about you? We need to keep moving towards what God has for us. So, what vending machine do you need to, you're going to that you need to remove? God needs us to go deeper. 
So as we close here, we're going to do like we do every Sunday, and we're going to just say, God, what, what are you trying to say to me in this message? What are you trying to speak to me? I'm going to just pray here. Heavenly Father, we, just, we come to you, God, and just take a minute right now, God. We, we ask, what are you trying to speak to us through this message, Lord? What are you trying to put your finger on, Lord, that we need to work on and get rid of? God, we, we thank you for what you're doing in this church, God. God, we need more of you. We need to go deeper in you, God, and we need to move. And God, we got to be wise on our decisions that we do, God, and our steps that we make. And I, go, I know sometimes it doesn't feel like we're moving quick enough, God. I know that as long as we're moving, God, you're with us. You're going before us, God. You're not driving us from behind. God, we, we thank you for what you're doing in this house, God. In your name, amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.